Hello friends, happy Sabbath and welcome back to Experiencing Life. My name is Renee Lemon. And my name is Mike Lemon and we want to welcome you again to the second day of our very first Is Written Canada virtual partnership event that is about experiencing life. Once again, we are so glad that you have joined us from wherever you are in Canada or in another country of the world. Welcome and happy Sabbath. We hope you had a good night's rest. And if you didn't have a chance to see last night's meeting, we have made sure to post a recording of last night's premiere event on our webpage, YouTube channel, and Facebook page. We have been blessed with the musical talents of so many musicians who will be sharing with us today during our worship service. So right now, we want to introduce you to Tiffany Campbell Daly. Tiffany is a multi-recording artist and singing evangelist from Toronto, Canada, whose music ministry has touched many lives around the world. To date, she has recorded five solo albums, has sung and recorded with the Voice of Prophecy family reunion singers, The Quiet Hour, and 3ABN. Tiffany has ministered through music at four general conferences and as a result has spread her ministry around the world. Tiffany is going to sing for us Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. Tiffany, I invite you to come up to the stage and sing that song for us right now. Be 
as long as my life is yours. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior, ransom me. And like a Thank you, Tiffany, for that beautiful song. We have another musician who is going to share with us another special music, and he is a good friend of ours, Norwell Simmons. Like Mark mentioned, Norwell is a good friend of ours, and God has blessed him with a powerful talent. Norwell has traveled extensively as a singing evangelist and he says he will continue to spread the gospel through music as long as God enables him to do so. He says it is his deep love for God and his people that inspires his music. Right now, Norwell is going to sing for us, God is Able. And then, right afterwards, Sanje and Lavonna and Daniela will open our meeting with our theme song, In Christ Alone. Tell me who can make a mountain 
Thank you so much, Sanj, for leading us into this atmosphere of worship. Friends, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we know that it is your desire for us to experience life. Your word tells us that you have given us eternal life, and this life is in your Son. 
And whoever has the Son has life. But whoever does not have the Son does not have life. Lord, increase our faith that we will believe in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, so that we may know that we have eternal life. Lord, I just want us all to personally identify with the words that Sanj has just sung for us. In Christ alone, our hope is found. He is our light, our strength, our song. This cornerstone, this, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving cease, our comforter, our all in all, here in the love of Christ we stand. Lord, please bless us right now that our eyes will be open to see the invisible. Enlighten our hearts that we will be revived. In the lovely name of Jesus, your Son, we pray. Amen. I'm going to be so bold to say that we all believe in invisible forces. And that's true. There are forces affecting your life every day that you cannot see. If you have a cell phone, a computer, a TV or radio, those devices rely upon the transmission of waves, invisible waves, into the atmosphere from any place on planet Earth to your device. Otherwise, those devices would be useless. It's true. We can't see radio waves, Wi-Fi signals, satellite signals, or even electricity with our eyes. They are invisible to us. But without them, our lives would be very different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have come to rely upon these invisible forces every single day of our lives. There is radiation in the atmosphere that we cannot see and microwaves that heat up our food. There are invisible forces of magnetism and gravity and quantum forces and nuclear forces or the forces that hold nuclei and molecules together. Did you know that there is something called invisible light or light that is beyond our visible spectrum? like ultraviolet light and infrared light. There are even silent sound or sound beyond our ability to hear. There is also something called scentless smells or scents beyond our ability to smell. Dogs, for example, have a sense of smell 10,000 to 100,000 times as sensitive as ours. Dogs can sense up to one part per trillion. So let's explain that. This means that because humans can tell if there is a teaspoon of sugar in a cup of herbal tea, a dog can sense that same teaspoon of sugar in a million gallons of water, the amount of water in two Olympic-sized swimming pools. Whoa. <laughs> There are even reports of dogs finding 35 pounds of marijuana packed in a plastic container submerged in gasoline within a gas tank. Wow. So dogs are even used 
to be the earliest detectors of cancer in cancer patients. Mm -hmm. The Bible tells us about other invisible forces, spiritual forces that we should trust even more than we trust these other invisible forces. Paul writes, we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. And this is always an intriguing idea, that there are unseen forces that we must trust, we must look at. So the Bible tells us to fix our eyes on the unseen and not on the seen, because reality is all around us if we would just open our eyes and see it. Yeah, I was reading in the book of Ezekiel the other day, kind of a confusing passage, I guess, for some people, but, and, and for me, it was, it was about those wheels within the wheels that are in the presence of God and the presence of the holy cherub. And I came across a quote from a commentary that helped me to explain it to you, to see the meaning of this intriguing vision. And so I'm gonna give you that quote right mm -hmm. now. Could our eyes be opened, we would see a powerful influence, not under man's control, is working. Those who know not God cannot comprehend his movements. There is at work a wheel within a wheel. Apparently, the complication of machinery is so intricate that man can see only a complete entanglement. But the divine hand, as seen by the prophet Ezekiel, is placed upon the wheels and every part moves in complete harmony, each doing its specified work. Yet, with individual freedom of action, That sounds something like the butterfly effect we were discussing last night. If you didn't see it, we looked at a very interesting question. Does the flap of a butterfly's wings in Brazil set off a tornado in Texas? We saw how a mathematician and meteorologist by the name of Edward Lorenz introduced the idea of the butterfly effect when he tried to make a basic computer simulation of the Earth's atmosphere. And he discovered that making very minor alterations to the variables uh, of, of the weather, such as atmospheric pressure and, and temperature and humidity and things like that, that it would completely change his forecast. These are just minor alterations. So the flap of a butterfly's wings might create, no, it doesn't really create such uh, a, a change, but it can alter. So these are tiny changes in the Earth's atmosphere that may ultimately alter the path, get this, of a tornado, or delay, or accelerate, or even prevent the occurrence of a tornado in another location. Wow. So there's an interconnected complex web one set of conditions that may lead to a tornado, while another set of conditions may not. And this caused Lorenz to see the world as being completely chaotic. Right. And that's why it's so hard to predict the weather. But here's the amazing thing. Although this originally appeared to be a picture of chaos to Edward Lorenz, 
when he grafted, then it looked like this. What does it look like? It looks like wheels within wheels. Or some people say it looks like the shape of a butterfly. So if we take this to the level of human interactions alone, because there are so many variables in life and everyone has the power of choice, someone's decision may alter one of my decisions. And when that happens, it looks like chaos. <laughs> like, what if we take one simple scenario that we find in the Bible? In the Old Testament, the story of Joseph, for example, we see that there are 10 jealous brothers who decide to take an innocent young man, his name is Joseph, and sell him into slavery, and then tell his father that he was killed by a wild animal. That is chaos, mm -hmm. and that is evil. Yes, that is evil, because for most of his life, Joseph was deprived of living with his family. His brother's decision completely changed the course of Joseph's life. And what I really marvel at is that he wasn't negative or bitter about his brothers and what they did to him, because Joseph chose to trust in God. Yes, he chose to trust in the unseen. And in the end, he becomes the savior or their savior in Egypt and of the surrounding countries and the savior of his own brother. He saves them from starvation because he is so close to God that he is able to see the unseen. He is able to interpret dreams from God. Mm -hmm. In Genesis 50, verses 20 to 21, Joseph says to his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children and he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. So when we look at the surface of life, what do we see? We see chaos. We see our lives being affected by teeny tiny alterations, other people's choices, like the flapping of a butterfly's wings. And of course we complain when the tornadoes come. But if we could see the unseen, if we could be so close to God, like Joseph was, that we would, he would open our eyes, and our eyes could be opened, then we would see God's hand still working, guiding our lives every single moment of every single day. Mm -hmm. So could our eyes be opened, as the quote said, we would see a powerful influence not under man's control is working. Uh, those who know not God cannot comprehend his mo movements. There is a, at work a wheel within a wheel, as we saw in the book of Ezekiel. Apparently, the complication of machinery is so intricate that man can see only a complete entanglement or chaos. But the divine hand as seen by the prophet Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter 10 and, verse, and chapter one, is placed upon the wheels 
And we see that hand working and at every part it moves and its movement is in complete harmony, each doing its specified work. And yet, what with individual freedom of action, we have freedom of choice in all of this, but yet God is guiding. Mm -hmm. Yes, we do. We all have the freedom of action and the freedom of choice. But we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Mm, I love that from Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Mm -hmm. God's divine hand is placed upon our lives and moves us towards complete harmony as he did in the life of Ruth and Boaz, which we looked at last night. I love this quote from a beautiful book called The Acts of the Apostles. Look at this. It is by seeing him who is invisible that strength and vigor of soul are gained and the power of earth over mind and character is broken. So God wants us to experience life. And I know personally what it's like to be dead in trespasses and sins. As a young man, there was a man by the name of Warren who gave me his own Bible, this Bible, this old tattered Bible. And he challenged me to read a chapter a day. And that changed my life. It caused me to experience life. By reading this Bible every day, I began to see him who is invisible. I began to see God and God's way of working. And when that happened, the power of earth over my mind and character was broken. And to tell you the truth, if I look back, I can see that it didn't really start with Warren giving me this Bible. It, was, it really started a long time before that with my grandmother and my grandmother's prayers. My grandmother's prayers for myself and her, and her prayers for herself. She prayed that God would lead her to someone who would teach her what she was learning in the Bible because she didn't seem to understand it. She wasn't getting it. And she went to church after church after church. And then after her, her you know, all of these prayers were answered, she came to understand something. And when she learned about the Sabbath, she, she taught that to me. And so many other truths in the scriptures. She brought me to an evangelistic meeting with a man who I had seen on TV on a program called It Is Written. And the man's name was George Vandeman, who I had seen him on TV, but when I saw him in person, he was much more interesting. That's why I wish that these virtual meetings would not be virtual, that they would be in person. Then we could see each other face to face. Mm -hmm. And the way he taught the Bible, the way George Vanderman taught the Bible made me listen. But it wasn't until I started to read the Bible for myself that I really started to experience life for myself. Mm -hmm. That's what happens to me every day. I need to read my Bible and spend time with the Lord every single day. 
Every day the Lord calls me and my heart responds to his calling. Come and talk with me, Renee. It is our time to connect. My time to journal and to know that he quietly listens to my thoughts and understands my ways. Then he gives me peace, calms me down and fills my cup with love and strength so that I can confidently face another day. This needs to happen every single day of your life too. That's why the psalmist praised, Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? So that is a very interesting word, the word revive. He's asking, the psalmist is asking the Lord to revive us again. Mm -hmm to revive. The word vive in Latin means to give life or in English to vivify. But to revive means to give back life, to, to bring back to life. Like in Ezekiel, uh, the, the valley of dry bones, the, the, uh, he prophesies and, and he's told by the Lord to prophesy to them. And when he prophesies to these, all these dead bones in this dry valley, they come back to life. And so something must die. Something of myself, my selfishness must, must die and then be revived, right? Mm -hmm. To give up that dead old self. So look at this in, in, in 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 21. It says, and it came to pass that as they were burying a man that behold, they spied a band of men and they cast the man who was a dead man into a sepulcher or into the grave of Elisha. And when the man was let down and he touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and he stood up on his feet. So here's a dead corpse that comes alive again. There must have been power in Elisha's dead bones in order for them to have brought back the dead man to life. Absolutely. Elisha was the prophet who received a double portion of the Holy Spirit that was upon Elijah. So there was even the power of life left in his dead bones. And that kind of power is available to all of us, to you too. God wants to revive you. He wants to revive me. He wants to revive us and fill us with everlasting life and ever-flowing life. Mm -hmm. And it all starts with a decision. One of our students, Ashlyn's life started to look like chaos when her dad died of cancer. But she made a decision to trust in God. Yes, Ashlyn, during that time, the time that she was at school with us as, as her teachers, she received a phone call that her father had passed away from cancer. And you can imagine how that almost destroyed her life. Mm -hmm. So we want to take a moment right now to show you Ashlyn's story. Time stood still. I could no longer hear the clock ticking. Nothing mattered anymore. It felt like the world stopped spinning and everything was in slow motion. 
It all happened so quickly. Just a year ago, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. The dreaded phone call arrived. Your dad passed away. My mom's voice echoed through the dark morning. Later, when I scrolled through the contacts on my phone was when it really hit me. Never again would my dad be on the other end of the line. Our connection was totally severed forever. I just couldn't wrap my mind around the fact that death is so final. I felt like I was in a different world and no one could understand me. I was praying to God for comfort. I needed my dad, but he wasn't there. I knew I had Jesus, but he didn't feel near. Everything around me constantly reminded me of my dad. I was in an anxious state. I was looking for healing. I was looking for the perfect prayer. I didn't realize that all I had to do was ask. I put up a fight and told you how to help me. Now just when I had given up, the truth is coming God didn't only want to give me peace, but He wanted me to experience His friendship and know that He is my Father. I was looking to see how He could fix my problems, but God showed me that I don't have to worry about a thing when I trust in Him. When I surrendered my attempts to heal myself and let God take full control, He took away my anxieties and left me in a state of perfect peace. I try to do what's best and faith has I can trust him, and I have the hope that I will see my dad again. Ashlyn was so brave to tell her story in that way. Yes, she was brave. You can imagine how hard it was for her to talk about her father's death. Recently, we have met a lot of very brave people. People who were prepared to share their stories with us on Eddie's Written Canada. Our new season on It Is Written Canada begins in the first week of October. And you will see how people made decisions that altered their lives completely. We just want to, to take a moment right now to give you a snapshot of a few of those stories that you will see in our new season. Yes, this season you will meet Phil Ellis, who was a professional athlete, a runner with Olympic level times. Phil decided not to give up on God, even when his ability to run was taken away. He persisted, 
trusted in God and he refused to give up. And he was miraculously able to run again. And he is still running and is an inspiration to many. You will also meet Evgeny Vassment, who decided to stay committed to his principles while he served in the Russian Communist Army. He decided to stay true to God, to not eat pork, to worship God and read his Bible and pray and not work on the Sabbath day, and to not carry a gun while he was in the army. You will see how that commitment paid off in his life. Though he suffered, God gave him a life filled with joy and peace. You will meet Paul Henderson, the Canadian hockey legend who scored the winning goal against the Soviets in the summit series with 34 seconds left on the clock. When Paul was living the good life of a famous Canadian hockey player, he had fame and fortune and a good family, but he still wasn't happy you will see how a man by the name of Mel Stevens saw this professional hockey player that he, he didn't personally know himself. He saw him on TV and he saw in his eyes how unhappy he was. And he had enough compassion and courage to first start praying for Paul Henderson, relying on God's power, before he decided to kick it up a notch and to knock on Paul Henderson's door and to give him a Bible and to lead him to Jesus. This season on It Is Written Canada, you will meet Otto Costello, a filmmaker and a soldier, who after joining the Canadian Armed Forces was deployed on a variety of overseas missions where he witnessed the tragedies of war. After serving for more than 22 years, Otto experienced post-traumatic stress disorder. He tells of how his decision to turn to God literally saved his life. You will meet Maurice Hines, whose life was absorbed in the martial arts at one stage, and how he went searching for Satan, and when he did, he ended up meeting Jesus. That is an intriguing story. Yes, it is. This season on It Is Written Canada, you will also meet Bev and Seri and Becky, whose love for natural health principles and the preparation of nutritious food has compelled them to share that knowledge in our new Experiencing Life Health programs, which you can watch on TV and online this new season on It Is Written Canada. This season on It Is Written Canada, you will also meet Mary and Vanessa, who decided to bring their children along on a healthy eating and cooking journey. And they are going to be sharing their recipes for our new season. You will also meet Lorna Spencer, who chose to be vulnerable and to accept God's love for her and to make a decision that would change herself and her family and set them free from a life of deception and abuse. 
you will meet a nightclub owner who made a decision that even he did not understand. He sold his business. And though he didn't want to, what happened was when he, he looks back now, he can see how God was leading him to become a Christian and find much greater joy in a life of service to others. You will also meet Neil Peralta, who made the decision to take a baby girl named Jolly Grace into his arms the night her mother was murdered. You will see how Neil, his parents and his extended family decided to show the love of Jesus to this little baby and how she has grown to become a worship leader who experiences life when she creates music for the Lord. As you can see, we are so excited about the beautiful stories that we wish to share with you this coming season on It Is Written Canada. And there are so many more sermons and stories that you will see when you join us by watching either online or on television. And none of this could be possible without your prayers and your support. Yes, we want to thank you for all your encouragement, prayers and support. We definitely could not do this work without you. And we also want to tell you how the Lord inspired us to form a series of short exercise programs and to put them free online so you can have a chance to do exercise programs with Christ at the center in the comforts of your own home. You know, love, what I've learned from meeting all of these people is that everyone has a story. Mm -hmm. And that story is invisible to us unless we get to know them. But the Lord knows everyone's story. And that's why he is so gracious and why he loves all of us. He doesn't hold our stories against us. No. He wants us to trust him and to make our story his story. He sees us and he loves us. He knows us better than we know ourselves and much better than we know one another. 1 Samuel 16 verse 7 assures you that the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance but the Lord looks at the heart. Hmm. What I have learned is that my greatest need is the need of revival, as the psalmist was praying. We need God to give us new life. Look at what God's word tells us. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. The contrite ones are those who have been overcome with sorrow for sin and those who are humble are those who are teachable. So the eternal God is saying, 
that He will revive our spirits when we become teachable and overcome with sorrow for sin. This is exactly what happened during the Welsh revival of the early 1900s. The revival began in the hearts of one man, and it started when he was a little boy. He read his Bible daily and attended church and prayer meetings weekly. And from an early age, he prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The man's name was Evan Roberts. In 1905, Evan attended a service held by an evangelist named Seth Joshua, who stopped at one point in his sermon and he proclaimed, the Lord wants to bend us. When Evan Roberts heard that, he said the Holy Spirit was saying to him, that's what you need. Then he cried out, Lord, bend me, oh Lord, bend me. And as he cried out, he submitted his will to the Holy Spirit. And after this experience, Evan Roberts confessed, I felt ablaze with the desire to go through the length and breadth of Wales to tell of the Savior. Robert soon began attracting congregations of thousands with his simple preaching. He only had four points to all of his sermons. And the four points of Evan Roberts' messages were these. Number one, confess all known sin. Number two, put away all doubtful habits and repent and make restitution. Number three, be ready to obey the Holy Spirit instantly. And number four, publicly confess the Lord Jesus Christ. He prayed that God would give him the ability to reach 100,000 souls. And within weeks of preaching, thousands of souls were moved by his preaching and his prayers. The national newspaper of Wales, the Western Mail, carefully counted the daily numbers of conversions, and they had to admit that something supernatural was happening. Famous journalists, preachers, and even Prime Minister Lloyd George vouched for the genuineness of the revival and of Evan Roberts. Here is the record of what happened during the Welsh Revival. People gathered in large numbers with a sense of expectancy. Meetings lasted hours and there was a sense of conviction of sin. The pubs went from full to empty. Wrongdoing was confessed and lifestyles were affected. And this even affected the economy of Wales. You can imagine how life would be so much different if most people were becoming Christians. They said that when people came to visit Wales and the train pulled into one of the stations of one of the little towns, you didn't even have to go to church. You could feel the spirit in the air and the people would spontaneously sense their need of God, and some would start singing hymns, and others would even run to churches, even without knowing where the churches were located in that town. 
Some of the toughest characters in the valleys were converted and the police were out of work because there was no more crime. So some of the officers formed choirs to sing in churches. The revival was especially begun and sustained by the youth. So we need to pray for our young people. One of the most famous stories is of the pit ponies who worked in the coal mines. After the revival, the ponies could not understand the miners' commands as their language was cleaned up. They were no longer swearing and cursing, so the ponies didn't understand what they were saying. Wow. Talk about a complete transformation. Do you think God can do that for us today. Oh yes, he can and he will do that when he pours out the latter rain of his Holy Spirit and he, he longs to revive us and make us ready for his soon second coming. Mm -hmm. Look at these beautiful and challenging words of inspiration. The measure which we receive of the holy influence of His Spirit is proportionate to the measure of our desire to receive, of our faith to grasp, and of our capacity to enjoy the great goodness of the blessing and to impart it to others. And this is from Acts of the Apostles. If all were willing, all would be filled with the Spirit. God is longing for willingness on our part to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Many years ago, a very wealthy young man came running to Jesus and he fell at his feet and he asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus' specific instruction to that rich young man was, Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy, the Bible says. For us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we must be willing to empty ourselves of all that is holding us back. You might be thinking that, that Jesus was being very unfair to this rich young ruler because he was asking him to do the impossible. It's true, and Jesus knew that. That's why Jesus said to his disciples, with man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. The God of the Bible is the God of the impossible. If you find that you trust in riches or anything else more than you trust in God, then Jesus is willing to help you overcome. He is willing to hear your prayer for help because he wants you to make it into the kingdom of heaven. He wants you to also help others to make it into his kingdom. What do you think? about taking time this Sabbath to open your heart to God, to pour out all your sorrows and fears and anxieties and plead with Him 
to set you free and fill you with His Holy Spirit. At this moment, we are going to ask Sam to come up and to bless us with his musical talent. Sam has sung for many years for It Is Written Canada, and right now, he will be singing for us, Your Grace Still Amazes Me. My faithful Father Enduring friend Your tender mercies Like a river With no end It overwhelms me Covers my sin Each time I come to your presence I stand in wonder once again your grace still amazes me your love still a mystery each day It's deeper, it's deeper, it's wider. 
trust me and give me all your heart. Nothing can ever tear us apart. So I promise to take care of you. I promise to love you true. I promise to to take care of you. My nailed, pierced hands show my, show my love for you. So why is it so hard? Why is it so hard to get through to you? Just allow me to get through to you. My nailed, pierced hands. I stretch my hands out on Calvary's cross. Show for you. my love for you. To show you how much I love you. I promise you. I promise to to take care of you. I'll take care of you. I promise to love you true. I promise to to take care of you. I'll take care of you. I promise to love you true. Thank you so much for that inspiring music, Norwell. Those words speak of God's promises to each of us personally. Friends, God has promised us so much in His Word. He's promised us the gift of the Holy Spirit, and that gift is a gift for you. Jesus speaks to us so tenderly when He says, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father 
give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. What a promise. All the promises in God's holy word are solid and dependable. He promises to never leave you. Listen to these assuring words from Deuteronomy 31 verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So we want to challenge you to store up all these promises in God's holy word in your heart. You can trust him to take care of you, your family, your friends, your health, and whatever you bring to him in prayer. The Lord loves you with an everlasting love. We also want to thank you for partnering with It Is Written Canada. Your prayers, encouragement, advice and support have kept us going and our faith alive and strong over our first year leading this ministry. Without your support, we could not have made it and been so successful in our mission to connect Canadians to the abundant life finding Jesus in a way that is personal and relevant. I want you to know that you really are truly an inspiration to us. So many times our partners have sent us emails, they've sent us cards and letters, have even called us on the phone with words of encouragement and assurances that they are praying for us. And those words, they just fill us with strength, strength to, to stick with the vision that the Lord has given us. And we thank you for being so kind and understanding that we are still growing and learning. With your support, prayers and encouragement, and the Lord's abundant supply of wisdom, strength and love, we know we will continue to work together to hasten the coming of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Friends, as you know, we had planned to meet with you face to face at a partnership event this year, but we are happy that we could still hold this virtual partnership event. Unfortunately, we do not know all the mathematical variables that will lead from now until next year. So we cannot predict the future, but we are planning to work with Jesus so that we can be in heaven before this time next year. But if we are still here, we would like to invite you to meet face to face with us in a partnership meeting in a place near you. And so please keep your eyes on our website or subscribe and follow us on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram. And you will know when and where our face-to-face -face partnership event will happen next year. So before we end our time with you, we want to assure you that there are no little things. God's word promises you, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. So let us encourage you to commit all that you do to Jesus and he will establish the plans of your heart. Friends, let's pray together.
Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have sent your only Son, Jesus, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. We thank you for the promises of your life-giving word. We also thank you for the beautiful pictures that you have painted in your word of your character of love. We want our lives to be so soaked and saturated in your love that we thank you. We just thank you so much for Jesus, our Lord and Savior, because it is through Jesus that we have life. Because your word tells us that whoever has the Son has life. And whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. So Lord, it is, it is our desire to have Jesus in our lives and for Jesus to have 100% of us. And so as we close our, our virtual partnership event, this Sabbath day. We place our lives in your almighty hands and we ask you to bless us and keep us in Jesus' lovely name, amen. Friends, we also would like to invite you to subscribe and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and also listen to our podcasts. And if you go to our webpage, you can see our latest programs, including our short spiritual messages entitled Daily Living. And they are all there for you, free to watch whenever you choose, because we want you to experience the truth that is found in the words of Jesus when he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca. Or you can go to IIW Canada YouTube and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.